the Arizona Coyotes unable to capitalize on a back-to-back weekend on the road, uh, taking two straight losses to Chicago and Nashville. Plus, they lose one of their uh, players through a long-term injury. And we'll take a look forward to what's to come upcoming this week for the Arizona Coyotes, all on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Robin Leonel, Carl Pavlik, right beside me on this uh, Monday. Happy Monday to you all. Um, if you guys can't really tell, I'm a little tired. Um, got the Monday blues, just feel it. Um, but, uh, you know, not only that, it's just, you know, we had to deal with another crazy weekend of, of work and watching the Coyotes lose again. Yeah, I will say uh, the Coyotes definitely are the type of team that turns you into Garfield. You just hate Mondays. Um, it was a rough weekend, back-to-back losses that uh, we were talking about before. The Coyotes could have won uh like going into these games uh and they just really came up short yeah and that's the thing too i think especially when we're talking about the the chicago game we're like okay this is one this is their up their opportunity to get back on the right track get their confidence back and it just wasn't the case um nashville thought was going to be a closer game and i think you even predicted the score correctly if i'm not mistaken for that game did I? I don't even remember. Uh, it is entirely possible. Um, I I was not expecting really either result um, to be like it was. Like I didn't picture the Coyotes getting a five on three power play for a full two minutes and still being unable to score. That's just not something I'm ever going to predict because. A, that comes up so rarely. B, I don't want to will that into existence. Plus, let's also be real. Coyote's uh, special teams overall have just been uh, extremely subpar. Yep. Uh, the power play has been horrible. Uh, although they did get um, Jacob Chickering's goal was on the power play. And Andrew Ladd's was. So uh, it it's been bad but it hasn't been as bad as the penalty kill which has been pretty consistently coming up short uh also something that i brought up last week is we're seeing kind of an increase in the coyotes giving up goals on the delayed call um we saw that i think in both games i I definitely remember it happening in the nashville one so just really unfortunate all right i have to ask this because you know some people were talking about making comparisons historical comparisons of other teams in terms of just the uh, the level of talent that this team has fielded. Is this team uh, expansion uh, expansion year capitals bad or 92-93 Sharks bad? Hmm. It'll be interesting to see. I don't want to say they're there yet, because I do think that there is something in this team that can have a, a slightly better second half uh, and not be historically bad. But 
with each with each loss, you're like, how how deep is this hole gonna go? Because they are just finding all new ways to lose games. Yeah, and that's the thing is you know the the Seattle game. It almost seems like it was a um, what's what's the, what's the term I'm looking for here? Uh, it gave I guess I guess just a, a way of just giving like a little bit of false hope that it was things were going to get a little better. I mean, so I knew Seattle wasn't a good team, but yeah. but that it, it seems like oh, I guess you know they they know how to win games. I think they'll probably have managed to win a couple, but then you lose to Chicago. And then all of a sudden, I start questioning things a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Chicago game was at least kind of close, though. Like, it was 2-1. Dylan Strom got a late power play goal. Um, because, of course, a former Coyote is going to score the game winner. Like, uh, I like the fact that they came back early in that third period to tie it. I like the fact that against the Seattle Kraken, they came back and they, and they got the tie. Um, and then eventually the win. Like so, there's an element of this team where they aren't going down without a fight. I just wish that they could be like somewhat engaged like that for the full sixty minutes. Like I think we saw a little bit in like you know they're not getting shut out, but at no point did they look like a team that was going to come back from a four-zero deficit. Like they got one that was about as good as we could expect. It does. One bit of positive I will personally take out of this weekend is that uh, if you listen to at least some of my betting advice for the Friday game, would have you would have cashed in? I bet the under. Yeah, uh, I I was not really expecting that one. I thought that was going to be like a high scoring affair, and no, it was uh, just another like low event hockey game. And it's not a lot of shots on goal. I, I wish the team could have done more. Uh, like I said, just brutal seeing Dylan Strom get the game winner on the power play. Yeah. Um, and you can just overall tell that this Coyotes team is frustrated still. Um, I mean, you've been, you've been able to tell for quite some time that this team is frustrated and they just don't like losing. Yeah. The unfortunate thing, they just don't have the talent to draw out wins yeah it's definitely so so they are a team that does not have the talent to compete like day in and day out for an nhl uh season but i do think they are talented enough that if they get like in a system and they play it perfectly they could win some more games like it's going to be tough but like they need to be like no margin of error like so, they need solid goaltending. They need like a a tight penalty kill, a good power play. They need all to come together for one game, and that'll be kind of the thing. Because right That's now it's just, for a lot. It is. It really is. Uh, it's because the team has shown that they cannot consistently put all that together. They could do maybe one good thing at a time, if that. Sometimes they can't do anything good at once. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna we're we gonna get more into it um, later in this episode, but um, I'm looking at this the, the the gauntlet of games to end the month, and it's not gonna be easy. Oh no! Like we're gonna 
just be prepared to watch this Arizona Coyotes team lose over and over again. Uh, that's kind of, I don't think anyone has any kind of different expectations at this point in the season. We, we know what we're going to get. Exactly. It's going to, it's going to be unfortunate, but you know, I think the, uh, this, you, we've been talking about how expected this all was. We knew this team was going to be bad. We knew this team was rebuilding. We knew this team didn't have talent. We knew everything going in. We tried to bring in the silver linings, and yeah. even those didn't even pan out. Uh, I, I mean, I honestly was not expecting the team to take this many, many penalties. Like, it feels like they're just, like, they're getting outplayed and they're taking so many penalties. They need to work on their discipline because it's either putting them on a penalty kill. Worst case scenario, they're not going to build any momentum off that kill. We just, we see that's not the case. Uh, and, um, you know, it could potentially put them down a goal. Or like we saw um, in the Nashville game, they had like a full three-minute power play. Uh, they had partial uh, two minutes of that five on three, and they take a penalty immediately after it expires. Like, what are you doing at that point? It's just like bad. Uh, speaking of penalties, um, I know you like I interact with you about this, but um, I'll I'll go ahead and put this out to all the listeners. Any of you guys see the see the Roadrunners? stat sheet from Saturday's oh, yeah. game that that was like that was a lot like I thought the the Nashville game was a lot but the Roadrunners one man I can I cannot imagine what was happening for everyone who don't who doesn't know who didn't get a chance to watch that game the Tucson Roadrunners and Ontario Reign combined for 91 penalty minutes in uh on Saturday's game um, a lot of that, most of it happened in the last two minutes of regulation. Wow. Which is, which is kind of surprising because like sometimes like when you're getting towards the end, you're maybe just like, all right, let's let, let this go. But when you're like, nope, we're all going to go out at once. That, that means some crazy stuff's happening. People got it. People, people got game misconducts. People got, you know. Uh, you know, lots of, you know, fighting majors, all, a lot of everything like that. It was all over the place. Um, very well could have been a goalie fight too. There could have been a goalie fight. Uh, it, disappointing that there wasn't because goalie fights, like, even if you don't like fighting in hockey, goalie fights are something else. They're rare. So like, They're... if you see, if, if you see, if you see a goalie charging towards center ice or at least headed towards center ice. Refs, don't do anything. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless it's, what was it? Uh, the Ray Emery, Brandon Hopi fight from from years back where you just kind of threw him around like a rag doll. That was like the one time where I'm like, oh, I don't want to see that goalie fight. What about the, uh, the, battle, uh, the Battle of Alberta goalie fight between um, the then Mike Smith and Cam Talbot who were – which is what's interesting because I re- I I knew Calvin Talbot as a Oiler and Mike Smith as a as a Flame for the the year prior and they flopped they, they flip flopped and then they they fought each other that was fun 
Yeah, goalie fights are they're rare, like you said. They're they're entertaining. They're usually for like a good reason, um, and they also are for like a a team reason. I think that's kind of why they're uh, they're usually like a lot more appreciated because like no goalie has ever fought another goalie because the other goalie disrespected him. Really, like it's all over like you know the team issues. Uh, actually. I think there has been a couple of cases where the other goalie has like antagonized him, but oh yeah, you definitely. Yeah. Um, the one thing that did happen though is there was no goalie fight, but Ontario's goalie uh, Garrett Sparks did get a two-minute minor for leaving the crease. Mm. Don't see that one every day. Nope. No, uh, so I mean penalties all over the place this weekend for the Coyotes organization. Just tons of penalties. Uh, discipline uh, maybe needs to be worked out for for the for the Coyotes uh, yeah. over the weekend. Absolutely. Um, hey, by the way, we still got more to get to on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. We got some uh, injury news to talk to you about. How does all this? How, how does a, a major injury for the Arizona Coyotes affect the team for the uh, long term this season? All of that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. But first, a quick word from Carl. <sighs> Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, so back here on Locked on Coyotes, Robin Leonio, Carl Pavlik. As we get ready, or as we uh, talk more about the Coyotes' uh, back-to-back series over the weekend, taking two straight losses to Chicago Blackhawks and Nashville Predators. Uh, One of the big things that happened over that series was a uh, injury to Coyotes forward Dmitry Yashkin, who took a uh, knee-on-knee hit uh, from uh, Mark Borayaki from the Nashville Predators. Um... And, uh, yeah, it obviously you can tell that Yushkin was in a major amount of pain from that play. And unfortunately, Carl, he's out long term, like yeah. rest the close to the rest of the season long term. I mean, honestly, it, it didn't surprise me, like just watching the replays over and over again and seeing him like fly through the air from a from a knee hit, like just causing that much force. You're like. Uh, that that that's painful. Uh, I've been hiking a lot more lately, and it's made me very aware of my ankles and my knees, just because they're getting a bit more of a workout, and they've been a bit sore. I could only imagine how painful that was, like in the moment. And it was also like, like I was kind of expecting it to be long term. It looked eg- almost exactly like what happened with Connor Timmons, who also went down with a knee injury. It's like, yep, yeah, nope, that's a knee injury. Just saw it, so got a pretty good idea of what it looks like. Yeah, I was following the press conference afterwards, and and of course, one you know one of the questions that was definitely asked of Torney is, you know, what's what what's the status with 
with, with Yashkin. And they're like, yeah, we don't see him probably coming back anytime soon. Like he's yeah. going to be gone for a long time. Which is unfortunate because I don't think he ever really found a good spot with the Coyotes. Like I was like, he he's looked fine. There's been moments where I thought he looked really good. Uh, hasn't really had the success he had in the KHL. I was kind of hoping for more out of him, but now it looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season uh, in all likelihood, unless we get like some kind of dramatic change, um, which I, I don't see coming. Like I said, it looked exactly like, Connor Timmons' knee injury, which resulted in, in him uh, being expected to miss the rest of the season. Absolutely. Let's talk about that hit, too. Um, sure. Mark Boriaki had um, a uh, a hearing with the uh, NHL Department of Player Safety. And uh, obviously, because, you know, on a hit like that, that causes a, a season-ending injury, you know, you'd think, you'd think some, they'd get brought in especially yeah. if they want to take a look at it, see if it was avoidable, see if it's, um, if it's predatory, ex, you know, all the things that, that uh, the department of player safety um, takes a look at to determine, is this worthy of supplemental discipline? According yeah. to the, to uh, this department, there were based off viewing every single angle they could, they have determined that no supplemental discipline, not at all, not a fine, not a suspension, nothing for the uh, Predators defenseman following the hit. Your thoughts? It's really unfortunate. Um, it, it specifies that um, he is braced for contact, does not extend or otherwise direct his knee into Yashkin in a way that furthers supplemental discipline, um, which kind of to me says... He was going for a hit. He didn't do anything extra to make that a knee on knee, um, yeah. which which speaks to it not being a predatory hit. I think it's still a careless hit. Like I feel like that's just a like a bad position to set yourself up in. Um, and I'm kind of disappointed that there's not going to be any kind of discipline for that. I feel like there should have been some onus on him to you know not take out Yashkin's knee. I think the, the the hard part about that is taking a look at that, and you're just like, okay, um, how does this like? Yeah, obviously the predatory one, but like, was this hit avoidable? Yeah. Um, based off real time, I mean, I'll say it wasn't. There's no way Boryaki could have skate like, yeah, gotten out of the way. He was gonna. The hit was gonna happen no matter what. The question is, could could there have been something to be done to lessen that impact? Which I don't know. Uh, I, I'm hard, not going to yeah. be the one to say like definitively yes or no. Something could have been done to avoid that impact. Uh, I will say, I think the league is making the right call, at least in saying that. He didn't do anything to make the impact worse. Um, that is, uh, I think uh, I'm very comfortable saying that it didn't look like he was intentionally looking to injure Yashkin in a way where, I mean, I've seen some neon knees where I'm just like, man, did that guy piss you off or something afterwards? Because I know you're not trying to take someone out um, because that's just a messed up thing to do to someone. But I mean, sometimes when you're, when you're upset, like, your body just reacts in a different way. I, I didn't see anything like that. So 
it's it, it, it's not a call I necessarily agree with. Is it going to be like one of the most egregious no calls by the player safety department? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm going to forget about it pretty immediately until the next time the Coyotes play the Predators, um, in which case it'll be brought up because, you know, there may be some kind of physical retaliation. We saw Roussel immediately go after him, uh, which... Let's talk about that for a sec. Sure, yeah. was the, he was the one out to, to he jumped in obviously because everyone on the ice did st- did think it was pr- purposeful. They did kind of see it as maybe predatory. They're like, yeah, no, you did that on purpose. I'm coming after you. Russell thought that, and he went in straight for the fight. Um, you don't see we haven't. I think we haven't seen that in a while. I see a coyote like an actual player stand up for their um, for their guys and. I mean, we saw it after the Timmons fight. Um, Ryan Dezingle immediately went after whoever was responsible. Uh, it, it's it's definitely something that we're seeing a lot more this season. Yeah, that's it, what I'm getting at. If your complaint about the Coyotes last season was that they didn't stand up for each other, which is just something that I saw a lot. A lot of people mm-hmm. would complain about. Like, Clayton Keller would take a dirty hit and no one stood up to him. Um, like, this is a this is kind of what you're hoping for. Um, I don't know if it, if it necessarily changes things because the game like started almost immediately with a fight. Um, like there was one, two minutes in, um, like, I don't necessarily think that the overly physical presence acts as a deterrent this way that people want it to. No, I think that it didn't, it definitely didn't. It's just nice to see, yeah, that a player is going in there to stand up for their team. Yeah, I mean, if I was Yashkin and I thought someone had taken me out with a knee to knee, like, and the guy didn't get like punched a couple times, I'd be upset about that. Like, that's something where, like, in that moment, you're like, what, what the hell? He is down on the ice in pain probably focused on that pain and what caused it and like when you're on a team you know that you gotta like kind of stand up and and make your voice heard and and do something so they at least yeah, know I'm that not, you- i'm not sure if that thought would have would, been coming at the exact moment because i was you know watching the replay you saw how much pain yeah. that he was in and like i'm sure he that wasn't thinking he was just thinking about how much pain he was in like that he just like he, he was agonizing when I skateboarded um, in college and later high school, I ended up in pain a lot because uh, cement is very painful to land on. And I did vert, uh, which was mostly just going in the air above cement. And I will say that like, when I fell and like hit my elbow so bad that I wasn't able to move it the next day, like I immediately thought, this is a problem with my bearing. I hate that bearing. I'm going to immediately switch it out. There's something a little bit cathartic about being in pain and then directing that pain at a person. And it doesn't matter if they're like actually responsible or like I said, if they're like, if they did it intentionally, sometimes it just makes you feel better in the moment. So, okay. But I don't know what what went through Yashkin's mind. I'm sure of this. definitely in russian it wasn't in english so who knows there's a lot of fun things about complexity of language maybe he was thinking something that just can't translate exactly exactly 
Um, but you know, that again, no decision made, um, uh, or a decision made on, um, on Bariecki and no supplemental discipline will be added after his game misconduct. Um, and while Yashkin, of course, out for the rest of the season with his knee injury or close to the rest of the season, um, obviously it's not confirmed. It's yeah. just, we know, we just know it's really long-term. It's long-term and to four knee injuries, you would expect it to be like towards the end of the season. So that's what uh, we're going with now. Now, real quick, how does this affect the Coyotes roster? Because we're talking about, they've been calling up players left and right. Barrett Hayton, obviously, he's been playing, um, I think he's been starting for quite a bit. I think he's cemented his spot. He stays up there um, for well, a little bit. Luckily, like a story that we haven't even had a chance to talk about, uh, Alex Kachanek is back. Um so, like, someone, like, steps off the IR list. Uh, two people. Uh, Kepo Bianco is also back. And uh, Yashkin, like, goes on to long-term six. So, it actually doesn't affect the Coyotes all that much, if you think about it. And it's not like this team was, was doing anything major. Uh, th- this is a loss, and I think it is going to be a loss for the Coyotes. But it's, like just a straw on the camel's back and it's not yeah. the one that's going to break it exactly um but you know like you said like like, like what you said kyle do you have some players coming back come you know you, you said kyle chenyuk is back kyle bianco is back um he played on friday um and uh i wouldn't say necessarily he played fantastic but you know he he showed up he you know he looked like he was nhl ready right off the bat yeah he had a f- few good moments. Uh, I think, did he have a, an assist on that goal? Yeah, he had a primary assist on Lad's goal. Um, I, I was impressed. Uh, Turnier decided to sit him uh, for the second of a back-to-back. I've noticed it's something he likes to do with the skaters, um, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah. It's it's a shame that so much else happened in like the weekend that we can't focus on those two. But uh, I, I thought... I thought they had like pretty decent debuts. Absolutely. Hey, but we still got more to get to on this episode. We're we're going to take a look at what's to come for the Ozone Coyotes. What is coming up this week? They got uh, a solid uh, four games, if we include Sunday as well, coming up this week. We'll talk about all those coming up on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. But first, I'll tell you guys that it's Thanksgiving season. And you know, it's one of the, it's an amazing time for food and treats and desserts. Um, but maybe you might want a dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. If so, it's the perfect time for a built bar, the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Why go ahead? Why go for a slice of pie, which might have a, you know, calories upwards of 300 or more. While built bars are only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, plenty of protein. So, you know, that definitely it will definitely fulfill your your uh, your hunger cravings at a much healthier uh, option. They are low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a great option for when you're hungry. Um, so again, Thanksgiving is a perfect time to go ahead and try a couple new surprises all month long. Limited time flavors all arriving at built.com regularly so be sure to check the site often there's nothing like a built bar black friday so mark your calendar black friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises 
If you guys go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so back here on Locked on Coyotes. Once again, Robin Leano, Carl Pavlik on this Monday. Uh, as the Coyotes have uh, four games coming up this week, including a Sunday game. We'll talk about that. But uh, let's just, just just overall take a look at the rest of this week, Carl. I mean, the rest of this month real quick. we got the Blues tomorrow. The Blue Jackets on Thursday. Then the Red Wings, the Kings, the Oilers, the Stars, the Jets, and the Wild. Up oh, your microphone. Am I good now? There you go. Sorry about go that. Uh, the it's going to be a pretty rough road trip. I don't think it's going to be as rough as their previous one, which saw them face a bunch of undefeated teams, but definitely a rough one. Um, I think the only wrecked uh, mediocre game out of that. I'll say just mediocre because the Kiders are just, you know, not going to be playing well against either, any of these, but the Kings will be somewhat manageable. I mean, they hate the each other. Stars, I would say are the only two. Yeah. The stars too. Yeah. They'd be a man. That'd be somewhat manageable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope that the coyotes come out big against the Kings. Um, what about the Blue Jackets? Uh, They've been kind of ever since that first game, and you know they kind of played a couple of decent games to start off, but they haven't played playing well. No, um, I can hope. Let, let, let's have a little bit of hope that the Coyotes are able to channel some of that last year's series into their matchup against the Blues, uh, because that one's going to be rough to start this out. They are. I mean, they've taken a little bit of a step back. Last time I checked, they were pretty high up, but the Blues are, are a good team, and I imagine they're going to give the Coyotes plenty of problems. Uh, coming in on a three-game losing streak, so, hey, maybe, uh, maybe the Coyotes can do something there. Of course, and and not to mention the Red Wings are surprisingly a good team. Uh, um, I mean, I'm I not mean, too surprised by that. It does seem like they're in like the right spot in the rebuild to start looking good. It feels like they are like a year ahead of uh, L.A. and Anaheim in my mind. I'm not sure if the math checks out on that, but um, I think a lot of that is uh, I'll I'll say a lot of their playing better this year. I will give credit to their goal their their, their goalie they picked up in the offseason, Alex Nedeljkovic. Like he's <laughs> he's been doing something. I don't know what it is, but he's been doing something. I I haven't looked too much into him. I haven't really paid too much attention to Detroit, other than just kind of like a general like appreciation that they're overperforming. Haven't gotten a chance to see their particulars, but I will definitely be finding out about them more as the week uh, goes on and as we get ready for him. Yeah, and and of course, um, as we mentioned, the Kings will be that Sunday game. It's a back to back on Saturday and Sunday. So another back-to-back weekend to the Friday, Saturday. We got a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. This one is at, um, it's Saturday at home hosting the Red Wings and then Sunday on the road in LA 
we'll see how that one turns out. Um, yeah, uh, just brutal. Another back-to-back. And the Winnipeg-Minnesota games are a back-to-back to finish out this the month. That is four back-to-back games in the course of a month. The schedule makers were not doing the Coyotes any favors. Yeah, and they're just like, you guys are going to be bad anyways, so... Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna so, be well, bad. We, so we will help you get Shane right. <laughs> this is true. This is the this is the conspiracy theory, folks. Uh, Coyotes are finally gonna win that lot- draft lottery. We're gonna speak it into existence. Not just win the draft lottery, but we're gonna speak it into existence. Shane Wright. Yeah, uh, it would be really nice if we, if there was a, f- a happy ending after all this because i do feel like uh, we, we are really getting to appreciate the full tank experience this uh to start off this season which is interesting because obviously um the last few years have been a Coyotes team emerging from a previous rebuild and like what was their last tank year was it probably that was it that uh 2015 yeah, it would have been 2015, um, I believe 2015, because they were right there in there for the McDavid and uh, Eichel hunt, uh, and that was kind of the last year where they were like, okay, we're going to build off of this. Third overall, they end up getting Dylan Strom. Yeah. Then trade Dylan Strom and gets the game-winning goal I, against them. I know a lot of you guys are upset. Mitch Marner was available. Yeah. Although, I mean... I don't think if you do a redraft, Mitch Marner goes to the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, if you do a redraft, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, N- Marner would never go above Eichel, would he? Because I think you're always going to draft that premium center. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. That that draft is long since passed. No, no use crying over poor drafting for the last rebuild. We got potential good drafting for the future rebuild. Because guess what? Different general manager. Different general manager. Different focus. Kind of a different evaluation method. Uh, people always ask if I'm like, if I'm actually like sure that it's going to go well. And it's like, no, you're never a hundred percent sure that this, this draft is going to finally take, but I have a little bit more confidence that it'll happen better. Yeah. Um, trying to see if I, if I can make any joke. Oh yeah. It's like, just watch, um, the coyotes end up drafting. I'm looking at their, I'm looking at the central, uh, scouting rankings. Um, you get like Matthew Savoy. who's like, who's, he's like, he's, uh, He's ranked sixth right now. Um, he's, he's still a top prospect, and it's a deep draft, so I'm not saying it's a bad a bad pick. Yeah. But you have Shane right, right there. Like, Yeah, it, it's a deep draft, so hopefully the guys can get someone who helps them. Uh, Dylan Gunther, we're always see, seeing his performance. But there is something about getting that number one, number two pick, and just the chances that they become a franchise player are that much higher. Especially um, when you look at the years – like the 2015 draft, 2016 draft, the 2019 draft, I think. 
Um, nothing special in 17 and 18, to my knowledge, right? Hmm. Uh, we would need to, to go deep. I, the, I haven't thought about the drafts in a long time. Oh, um, Nolan Patrick. No, no. He, he, he sure was the, uh, was the first one. Nico, he in 2017. Um, Rosmus Darlene in 2018. Darlene, quality defenseman. Buffalo Jack Hughes 2019, so that was a big one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, of course, yeah. the 2021, which was uh, Alexi Lafreniere. There's always going to be, you know, number one picks that don't play well or don't play up to what they can, but it's just when you're when you're looking at drafting, it's like the um, well, going I mean, with the better odds. Here is the thing, and I want to get don't going to get people too excited, but at the same time, I do. Um, where the difference here with Shane Wright? Because everyone, like a lot of people in the CHL scouting, everything like that, like this guy is getting as much attention as McDavid did before he was drafted. Yeah, like more than Lafreniere did, more than Hughes did, more than. Uh, Matthews did this. He's getting McDavid attention. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I do think that he is like, he is projected to be extremely high. If the coyotes can get him, he will instantly change like the, the state of the rebuild because you could just basically form a team around him. And the coyotes are in such a good position to do that because all of the contracts are expiring. Exactly. Um, so it would definitely be, beneficial to the organization if they can uh if they can't because no matter what the odds are always going to be against them drafting him like even if they get it like you're still a better chance of not drafting first overall like i still think they could pick up someone good and uh really get going with this rebuild and hopefully have it not be too much pain anyways i sidetracked a little bit too much i do want to get on a uh have more full episodes talking about draft prospects and everything like that to go full in depth. So you guys know, obviously besides just Shane, Wright, Who is there from this 2022 NHL draft that you can get excited for? We'll talk about all that on a future episode of the podcast, but until then, that is it for this episode. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like comment, subscribe. If you've yet to already, we're available every podcast, including on YouTube. Don't forget to find us on Facebook as well. We are facebook.com slash locked on coyotes on Twitter at L O underscore coyotes. Uh, I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. That is R O B Y N underscore L E A N O. Carl Pavlik is at Carl Pavlik FFH. Be sure to uh, interact with us, ask us a question you might have. We will answer them right back on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Anyways, that is once again, that is it for us today. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy and don't forget to howl on.